You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Good evening and thanks for joining me, Sharon Noonan, on tonight's Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. I have a great lineup of guests tonight. Ron Forrestal returns to talk about wines that go well with spicy food. I share the chat I had with well-known chef Nevin Maguire at the Dingle Food Festival. Dee Laffin will be on the phone with highlights from the November issue of the Easy Food magazine. Marion Flannery has details of what is happening at Saver Kilkenny this weekend. And I have details of a couple of other events that will be of interest to you. If you'd like to get in touch, you can email me s.noonan at live.ie or tweet me at Queen of Org, short for organisation. So back to tonight, and this week I received an email from a listener asking me to find out what wine went well with spicy food, and who better to put the question to than our resident wine expert, Ron Forrestal. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Ron, welcome to the show tonight. And I was just telling you before we came on air that I got an email from a listener who wanted to know what sort of wine goes well with spicy food. She's big into her chilies and her Asian cuisine and she finds that it can be quite bitter. Yes, yeah. It, it's it's a difficult enough um, um, to find a wine that'll go with it. Like if you're talking about Chinese food, Indian food, where they're using a lot of a lot of spice, a lot of very in-your-face kind of flavors. A lot of the time, wine is fairly subtle, and it can either take over completely from the wine, where you don't actually taste very much at all, or even some of the wine, like Sauvignon Blanc, which is acidic, can have an adverse reaction, can, have, can take away from the taste of the food because of the acidity in it. So it's a very tricky one to get. But there is options out there. Um, um, beer is a fantastic option as well, uh, which we'll see most as you look, particularly in Indian restaurants, beer tends to go very well with their food. Um, so they do. But, but I brought three wines today uh, with a view to, to uh, more spicy, hotter food. Uh, the first one we have is a Chilean product uh, called Sepia uh, Riesling Reserva. Riesling is a, uh, a German grape variety. Um, very different to uh, Chardonnay, Sauvignon Blanc, Chenin Blanc, any of those ones that would be regularly drank by people now. Riesling is a much more uh, minerally kind of drink. It's a much deeper, much heavier white than those. And it almost has a very chemically kind of flavor off it. Um, it's it's not cutting, but it's very powerful. And when you taste it, you can... It would have been on a lot of old wine lists. Uh, most of them would come from Alsace originally, which was um, which is in France, actually, on the German border. And you've had Gewürztraminer, you'd have had uh, Pinot Gris, and you'd have had uh, Riesling. Uh, and in Germany, of course, it's one of their main grape varieties. I would often associate it with being a more sweet type of wine. Yeah, it's not dry at all. Um, you know, where Sauvignon Blanc is dry, even some un-oak Chardonnays will be pretty dry, but no, Riesling is full-bodied, um, very very full of flavour. Um, and it's not a wine that, that you can drink without food. You have to be eating to drink this. Uh, you just won't get through the second glass of it um, on its own. But this is a particularly nice one. And the reason I brought this one is because it's fantastic value, because you could pay quite a lot for the French or the German reasonings if you're going to get something pretty nice. And this is uh, made by Vistamar in Chile. Um, and the Chilean, because the weather is so good, it tends to be a slight bit fresher than the German ones, which 
tend to be because the weather as you can imagine isn't quite as good in Germany uh, don't have as much sugar in it uh, the alcohol can be a bit lower um, and even times they add a little bit of sugar which they're allowed to do in Germany which they're not allowed to do in any other country uh, to develop alcohol in it but it's really worth a try um, it'll stand up to the food which is number one which is the most difficult thing and it's a lovely drink and they're very interesting wines they work very well as well with um, like pâtés you know kind of strong full bodied starters that you'd have if it's not if you're not looking at, at Asian food or spicy food works very well with that the next one I brought then which is a more um which more commonly drank by people and this is a rosé d'anjou the reason I bought a rosé is because it, it has in opposed to white wine it has a bit more body to it because of the, the contact with the grapes and that and this is from Le Cloitier uh, it's a rosé d'anjou which is from the Loire Valley in France it's a super white and the reason I brought it is because I noticed from doing wine lists in a, I've, I've a couple of Indian restaurants and I have a handful of Chinese restaurants rosé sells particularly well more than in any other ethnic restaurant I find those two so it, it works obviously with the food one way or another um, the only thing about rosy is that it's not something you can drink an awful lot of I'm not oh, some people do <laughs> it's a it's, it's a kind of a glass two glass kind of product generally I, you're, you're right actually there is people who can be able to drink it too but it's if you're, but the only thing about it is nice that if you're having a, a dinner like that and you have a party of four people it's easy to get a bottle of, get two different bottles of something because you're only going to have a glass anyway or a glass in a small bit so it's nice to try a couple of things so that's a rosé d'anjou now the first one I talk about the reasoning is costing around 11 euros a bottle the rosé d'anjou costs about the same and then for a red which I thought was important to be in a red now if you notice um Red wine is much more difficult with hot food, particularly spicy food, because because red is, is at least with the whites and the roses, they're chilled, which means you have that cutting from, the, you have that fresh feel from the fact that it's cold. But when you're drinking something at room temperature like reds, it's much more difficult because like chili, chili, you know what chili can do to your mouth if you eat it hot enough, then it's very hard to taste anything after it, regardless of whether it's wine or whatever. And wine can, the red wine can have a particular kind of almost souring taste if you, if you eat food too hot with it. So it's difficult enough to find one that's going to match it, I think, anyway, particularly. So what I brought was a Calico Man. It's a Zinfandel from California. Uh, the reason I brought it is because Zinfandel is, is not too heavy. It's not as heavy as Cabernet Sauvignon or Shiraz or any of those, but it has a real ripe fruit flavor, like almost Christmas cake kind of flavors to a real ripe, raisiny fruit. And it has a real long aftertaste, as in you'll still taste this, this particular wine 30 seconds, 45 seconds after you've, you've swallowed it. You'll still have that flavor in your mouth. And I think it's nice to have that without being too overpowering. You can get a Shiraz from Australia that'll have the same thing, but it'll be really powerful and pungent, whereas this will be much more subtle, really ripe fruit flavors. And it's, it's very good for after as well, as in that if, you, if you're sitting down after you finish your meal, it's nice to get your mouth back into some bit of normality with something smoother. And how much is that one? Costing around 15 euros a bottle. California wines tend to be more expensive. And you didn't used to stock American wines? No, uh, I, I, got it, I got it in particularly uh, for a customer, a very good customer that I have for a long time in, in a hotel that was looking particularly for a, a Zinfandel. And so I've taken a Zinfandel and a Chardonnay um, from, from these people. And they're, they're very good. Now, the thing about California wine, there's two different levels of it. There's the entry level one you see in shops, you know, like Blossom Hill or Fetzer. Or, or there's a lot of products like that. Uh, Ernest and Julia Gallo, uh, all uh, Californians. Uh, and they're, they're, they're fine. 
And then there's the Frog's Leap, there's the Robert Moldavi, and there's the, 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 one, of the most, one of the most famous wines in the world. But the price difference between those two products is phenomenal. So you go from like having ones in a shop for nine, ten euros a bottle to having ones for 30 euros. There's very little middle ground in there. And that's what I was trying to find. I was trying to find a wine for that middle ground. And I found it with these people. And uh, it's, it's working very well. Have you had a little trip out there yet? God, no, I'd love to go to California. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's the kind of place that we talked about wine tours before, but I'd imagine if you're going a wine tour in California, I'd say it's magical. You have a night coming up in November, I believe. You're doing a wine tasting. Tell us about that. Yes, we had one last year. Uh, we were having a wine fair in uh, um, in Newcastle West Golf Club on November 28th. It's Friday, November the 28th. Uh, we had it around the same week last year, as it turned out. And it's a, it's it's a way for 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 me to show the the wines that we have. We're going to have about um, somewhere around 120, 130 wines on the night available to taste. And space would be limited for that? Space would be limited for that. Um, we're putting a charity element into it this year that um, there's going to be a slight cover charge to come in, which is all all going to the charity um, because we're going to cover all the costs outside that. But we thought it was important to attach to something when people are made such an effort to come last year and it was a fantastic success last year that we'd like to, to maybe raise a few quid for something. And we have a couple in mind at the moment. We'll confirm that in the next couple of weeks. But it's a very good night. So the details of that will be on your Facebook page? They will, absolutely. So people should follow, follow you. Your Facebook is Forestal Wine, wine Merchants. Wine yep. Mer- Forestal Wine Merchants. They should definitely follow you so that if they want to get on the guest list that they, they see whenever you release details of that. So just before you go, remind us again of those three different wines. Sure. The first one we have, we have a Chilean uh, Vistmar Sepia Riesling Reserva. Um, which is the white, uh, cost around 11 euros bottle. Then we have a Rosé d'Anjou Le Clotier, which is a French Loire Valley, uh, again around 11 euros a bottle. And then we have this Gallico Man, which is a, a Zinfandel from California, at about 15 euros a bottle. Okay, and there'll be a chance maybe to taste those on the night They'll all be in there. the golf yep. club. And people can get in touch with you by getting your details off the Facebook page or forestal.ie yes. is the website. Ron, thanks so much for thanks coming much, in Ron. and we will talk to you again before Christmas. Super, thank you. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleite. Thanks to Ron there for his advice. And if you have a question for Ron, he'll be back in the middle of November. So drop me your vino queries to s.nunanlive.ie and I'll put them to him on his next visit. Still to come tonight, the infamous and very adorable Nevin Maguire talks about how it felt to be chosen as the People's Champion at the Blosnerin Awards in Dingle and I have details of events taking place this weekend, including Saver Kilkenny with Marion Flannery. Next, so it's time to go over to the phone and put a call into the editor of Easy Food magazine, Dee Laffin, to talk about the November issue. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Dee Laffin, editor from Easy Food magazine, is on the line now. Thanks for joining me this evening, Dee. Thanks for having me, Sharon. And the November issue is out. It's in all shops at the moment at €2.90 and it's jam-packed full of great recipes for the budget conscious and all sorts of things. But let's talk about the cover first. You have the perfect cover for this time of year. Yeah, well, we've put a lot of effort, I mean, as we do always with our covers, you know, because it really does 
grab people's attention from across the supermarket. But this particular issue, we've just gone with the overall team and we were trying to think, what are people going to be thinking about now? And, you know, it's, it's, it went on sale on Saturday, so it's the start of the month. And it's a picture of slow-cooked beef stew. And it's just, you know, when it, I think it's uh, Irish people just really love beef stew. It's a, we, we associated with winter and getting colder and stews and casseroles in general. So it really kind of completely sums up what we were thinking is that, look, unfortunately, we have to admit that the weather is getting a bit colder. So we know that people are going to be wanting wholesome um, food that they can, a lot of casseroles, a lot of baking um, is done in the months ahead when it's colder and just warm food. And I think that's the main theme. That's why we put that on the cover to really, and I think it really jumps off the shelf of people that looks delicious. But throughout the whole magazine, in fact, we've kind of kept that theme going. Um, One of the main things as well to think about when you think about warm food is not only that we can come up with loads of delicious, wholesome, um, warm food, but it's quite reasonably priced as well. You can actually really um, make some creative dishes that are really save some pennies. Because if you're making a big dish all in like a casserole in one pot, you know, we call them one pot wonders. And the reason we call them that is because they're so easy to make. You just put a load of ingredients into a pot. You cook it for whatever X amount of time. And then you have enough food to feed four to six people. But if you're one or two people, then you can freeze some of those portions and keep them for throughout the week or another time. So it's time saving. It's budget friendly. And they're just really wholesome, delicious food. And in fact, we have a regular feature that we have in each issue is the weekly budget menu. And in that, we price each, uh, we put a recipe for each day and we price it as to how much it would cost per serving. And in this issue, we've gone for our weekly budget menu. We've made it all dishes that are recipes that can be made in one dish. So they're all one pot wonders to the value of 10 euros each, and they all serve four to six people. So there's great value in that, and there's great um, feeding in that, you know. I mean, you really can make that stretch. If you have, if you're making something like a beef casserole or a chicken pie or something like that, or a pasta bake, you know, you only need a few ingredients um, that are really good value and you can find in the supermarket really easily. Uh, beautiful flavors. And then you can feed lots of mouths with that and make it, you know, the more vegetables you add to it, like potatoes or carrots or pasta example as well with that pasta bake, you can make it go further and further. So I think that's really important to people at the moment. You know, we've got a budget coming up and water charges and all these other things that are making us all. And even Christmas down the line, we're all starting to look, you know, for penny pinching uh, ways to kind of save money. And of course, if you're a single person or there's just the two of you in the house, there's no reason why you can't still make that quantity and freeze portions of it. Absolutely. I'm a perfect example of that. I mean, I cook for myself. Um, I, I, you know, I have no partner. I live with two other girls and we don't really cook together because we're all on different schedules. So I always, um, for, for my own budget and just for ease, because sometimes I'd be laid home or something like that, I'm a massive fan. One of my favourite all-time dishes is chilli con carne. I'm trying to find like the perfect recipe for it. I keep trying to perfect it and change it. And I would make a pot of that 
um, say like on Sunday afternoon and not even eat it that day or maybe I will have a portion of it for dinner that day and then I just put it in the in a big Tupperware in the fridge and I either eat it all of that week or else I put it into smaller Tupperware you know I, I break it up into portions you could get anything from four to five portions out of that put it in the freezer and then when you're coming home late you can just pop it into the microwave um, or reheat it in a saucepan over a very low heat with some extra water there just to bring it back if, if people don't have microwaves. Um, you know, and you just get so much value out of that. I know I do. And I, I'm one of those people that, some people, it's like a dish like spaghetti bolognese or, or chili. Some people put very few vegetables in it. I know if you've got little ones at home, you can't put loads of vegetables sometimes if they're picky eaters or anything like that. But then if you really want to bulk something up, you know, you can just put more and more vegetables in there. And I put loads in mine. So actually, I get more out of it. You know, I get more and more portions out of it. And it makes it more nutritious. And Absolutely. it's if you're t- talking about the chilli, that's spicy. And this time of the year, people do tend to turn to spicy dishes. Absolutely. In fact, that's actually another thing we do have in the magazine is we have a, um, a feature call, called On the Spice Trail, and it's just a few recipes. We've picked a different country um, that are known for their spices and their kind of more fiery foods. And we've picked a different country and a different recipe for e- representing each one. And they're ones that are very popular in Ireland, like Mexican food. Mexican food is very popular. I think I've seen it, especially in the last year or two, more and more Mexican restaurants opening up in Dublin and more and more people cooking with that um, cuisine. The other ones are there. We have some Thai. We have a lovely Thai dish, a Thai curry. And I know people, when they're getting takeout or when they're eating out, they really love Thai food. It can be quite, quite, lo- quite a lot of heat in it. But the best thing about that at this time of year, again, is not only do people like having warmer food all the time, but they like food with heat in it, with spice. And that's um, another thing we've done there. So we have, yeah, definitely some spicy food. And it is throughout as well. We've added a bit more spice here or there because we definitely find people are cooking a lot more curries as well throughout winter. Um, you know, a, a lovely seasonal vegetable, one of my favourites actually this time of year is butternut squash. Um, and because, again, it goes a long way. You know, it's the same with um, uh, pumpkin or, or, or turnip or any of those kind of swedes and things like that. They go a long way. And um, if you get a butternut squash curry, you know, you can add meat to it or have it vegetarian. Um, it's really a lovely thing and it freezes really, really well. And you can add chickpeas to it or you can just have it with some rice um, or um, just, again, add lots more vegetables to it. And you can control the spice. So if you have um, some little ones who don't like a lot of spice, you know, you can have just a small bit in there. And then as you're making your own if you're making it for yourself, if there's just yourself or your partner, you can fire it up as, as, as much as you like. I've never been one to go for a vindaloo or anything like that now myself, that kind of heat. But um, I definitely like a good kick to it. And there's a section about cheaper cuts of meat, which will be very interesting to some of the, the listeners. Yeah, well, we have a really great relationship with the Home Economics Teachers of Ireland. Um, they write for, they actually contributors for the magazine. Um, and they do that they kind of try to pick a topic each issue which is in line with the syllabus that they're teaching in schools so for the students they can kind of catch up and have a look at what 
the teachers are talking about, but also from our perspective, it's nice to know and the different topics and subjects that um, are being taught and, and because we can all learn from them still, they're, they're basic cooking home economist skills that, that everybody could learn from. And this issue, um, the teachers are talking about cheap, uh, cheaper cuts of meat, which is something that's come up quite a lot. Um, you know, people going back to looking at things like flank steaks and shins and the cheek of, of, of um, beef, you know, which is called the daub. Um, just different things like that, which restaurants really picked up on and started to use. You'll see a lot of them on, on the menu. Um, the only thing with the cheaper cuts of meat that I think puts some people off is that they can be fattier, and but not fattier in a bad way. They just need to be cooked for longer so that all that goodness, all that beautiful flavor that's in those in the fat um, breaks down. So a casserole, for example, like we're talking about, or a stew, if you slow cook, um, like that, those meats in a stew or something like that or casserole, they are just the most tender, beautiful meats and can be some of the most flavoursome dishes altogether. And obviously the great value as well because they are lesser cuts that we tend to see in supermarkets and you might have to go to your butcher to get them. Um, you can save a lot of money. And if you're not a carnivore, you have some great recipes there for vegetarians and vegans. But just explain, what is the difference between a vegetarian and a vegan? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a vegetarian is somebody who doesn't eat meat. Um, and a vegan, the difference between that is um, uh, somebody who doesn't eat any uh, products that come from an animal. So that means that they cut out things like butter, which is obviously made from cow's milk. Um, they don't have eggs. And which a vegetarian would have all of those kind of things. So it's actually, I mean, I would find it, I'm, I'm very much carnivore myself, but I would find it tough to follow a vegan diet. But I know that there's a lot of um, nutrition and health, healthy recipes out there. A lot of people are very pro-vegan and, and pro-vegetarian at the moment. But I think it's nice to have a balance. So what we decided to do was, because we know that people are, really looking at these diets now and trying to follow them. We put in a feature with um, some vegetarian and some vegan options. And obviously, the vegetarian options, we've shown, given some tips on how to make them vegan, um, you know, so that there's lots more vegan recipes in there. But also, even if you're not a vegetarian or a vegan, these are just really healthy, great recipes that have seasonal ingredients in them, seasonal uh, vegetables. And it's a great way to uh, incorporate more, more vegetables, more nutrition into your diet and your five a day. Um, so you can add meat to them if you want, if you really can't have a meal without meat. I know a few people, a few friends who are like that. But if not, they're great nutritious, uh, nutritious meals. And actually, I've marked just to say to you, I know you often ask me what's my favorite recipe out of, out of the issue. And this issue is actually part of that feature. And it's... Um, pasta with butternut squash sage and pine nuts and it's it's a really it's actually a very filling dish so if you did make this dish it's one of those ones that you might have a smaller portion of it because you've got pasta in there which is obviously very um you know wholesome and it fills you up butternut squash again which is another kind of very carby vegetable and then the sage and pine nuts sage in pasta with some butter is just one of the most beautiful flavors if you've never tried it I recommend it to everybody try making some pasta with just some sage and butter. But in this one, we've added the butternut squash and the pine nuts, and it's absolutely delicious. 
And the last thing I want to ask you about is there's a regular feature and it's five ways with and this month's issue, it's focusing on appliances. Yeah, well, we kind of, yeah, we we decided to think of sometimes we do five ways with, for example, tomatoes or five ways with strawberries, depending on the season. But this time we thought we get a lot of questions about how to use appliances. You know, we all buy these appliances or we have them at home and we only use them for one purpose. If we use them at all, sometimes they're just gathering dust in a corner. So we took uh, a stick blender, which we've seen everyone more or less has in their house, an electric whisk, again, another very popular one, and a slow cooker, because we're getting more and more requests for recipes with slow cookers. I think it's a very popular um, appliance, especially for people who might have a busy schedule. They put something in it in the morning, they head out to work, or they head out to the gym in the evenings, and when they come back, their food is ready. So we've got five recipes with the stick blender in there, uh, five with the electric whisk, and then five with the slow cooker. And there's also lots of competitions and a few recipes from Rachel Allen's new book as well. So well worth the €2.90. Absolutely. And as I said, that's on sale now in shops nationwide for two ninety. Dee, thanks very much for talking to me and we will catch up again for the December issue just before Christmas. Brilliant, that's great. Thanks so much, Sharon. I really appreciate it. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. If you have just joined us, we heard earlier from Forestal Wine Merchants Ron about what wines go well with spicy food. That was in response to a query that we'd received from a listener. And Ron was also talking about his wine tasting fundraiser that's on Friday the 28th of November in the Golf Club in Arda. Check out the Forestal Wine Merchants Facebook page for all the details. Just before the break, Dee Laffin, editor of Easy Food magazine, was on the phone talking about the November issue, which is out on the shelves at the moment. has a lovely warming stew on the cover there, so well worth picking up. If you're just joining us, the show will be up on the Best Possible Taste podcast later in the week, along with all the previous 2014 shows. You'll find the podcast there on soundcloud.com forward slash food and drink show. And there's hyphens between food and drink show. Still to come tonight, I will be talking to Marion Flannery about the different events that are on this weekend as part of Saver Kilkenny. Before that, I must tell you about meeting the lovely Nevin Maguire at the Blossnerin Awards, which were on as part of the Dingle Food Festival. He was such a gentleman, and although he had just been presented with the People's Champion Award by the organiser, and was feeling extremely overwhelmed, he had no problem talking to me. So I'm delighted to share our lovely chat with you. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleinte. Nevin, you've just received a very special award there. Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, this is my first time, first of all, at the Blossom Hearing Awards in Dingle. And I have to say I'm privileged. Um, I want to thank Artie and the whole committee here who organise these awards. It's a seven-year seven year that the awards have been on first year I've been at them and to receive an award from the producers that you know I inspire them and that's a lovely thing to be told I'm actually touched and full a little bit full with emotion because I'm very proud of what I do I've cooked from the age of 12 I just love my job and if I can help and support and encourage people and and showcase the great food we have in Ireland 
I've done something right. I've done something good with my life and my job. And there's great people involved in food. There's never been a better time now to cook in Ireland with the great producers, the great chefs. And I'm learning about different products and different producers all the time. And that's the way Ireland has changed over the last few years. So I'm very excited, I have to say, and I'm looking forward to the weekend. Well, you said there about cooking from the age of 12, and you mentioned whenever you were accepting the award that your mother has been a huge influence on you and your cooking. Yeah, from the age of 12, I mean, even from younger, I remember my first thing cooking with my mother. Flapjacks, apple tart, shortcake, making a mess in the kitchen. We just had a great bond. And that's where it all starts. And I suppose that's what I want to do with my own little family. My twins are two and a half, is to get them enjoying food. Some people ask me, do you think they'll be chefs? They're only two and a half. As long as they enjoy food, I'll be happy. Um, to give them the love of food and appreciation of good food and eating together as a family. I'm from a family of nine, five boys and four girls. So that's where the love of food comes from, mum and dad. And they taught us a lot. Personally for me, a lot about respecting food and respecting people. That's really important. The two go hand in hand. And to create something that's very special in Black Lion. Myself and my wife have over 55 staff employed. That's an incredible achievement in a small village. We never, ever take it for granted. So I'm loving my life at the minute. It couldn't be better. To receive recognition is lovely because there's so many people who do great work in food and maybe never get the recognition, but I never, ever take it for granted. So this is very special. And you're away from Black Lion quite a lot because you have so much going on career-wise and you have two small children as well. But you have a great team there that you I've, pay tribute to up on stage. I certainly do. I have uh, I have over uh, 55 staff. My head chef is with me 11 years. Funny enough, this year I'm at home a lot more, which is great. I totally um, took stock of everything and running around and I wanted to open up my cookery school this year, which I did in January. I want to be at home. I want to be there for my twins, I want to be there for my family, and enjoy being there for my customers. That's really important. So I'm not there, I'm obviously not there this week. I'm down at the awards here and at the food festival, but I'm starting to record my new TV show, which is my seventh cookery show for RT. That's nearly over 100 programmes, which is incredible. My um, yeah, and I never ever take it for granted. So uh, I'm on the road a wee bit, but definitely not nearly as much. Thank God. I want to be at home, and my family need me, and I want to be there for them. And you do the filming in the cookery school. You have a purpose-built facility there yeah. for filming. Yeah, we do. Uh, we opened up um, my cookery school this year, but where I do the television program is just literally behind my house. It's a purpose-built studio. The crew come down uh, the next three weeks now in October. Probably for the full month, I'll get very few days off. So we'll we'll cook from Monday to Friday, and um, yeah, it, it's great. It's 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 a great privilege to be able to show people to cook and all the recipes are from my new book fast and um, they're all quick so they're done in about 30 to 45 minutes so it'll be three recipes per show uh, recently I was in Bunratty Castle I was on a navy vessel in Ringeskiddy in Cork I'm going to the Aviva this weekend and I'm going to Google and hopefully other different companies and, and different celebrities like Ray Darcy we're hoping to get him involved in the programme and a couple of others which I can't mention because I haven't confirmed yet but I'm really excited about that so it's not all chefs it's all about people who have different um, shall we say passions for food and you know different different companies and different things like that so it's all food re- related obviously and it's very much geared towards family life and for the mother or the father whoever it is, is that is responsible for cooking in the house to get well, the I dinner on the table quickly and quickly you said the word quickly because people's lifestyles have changed they want something that's fast they want something that's good healthy they want to like these awards here we're showcasing the best of Irish produce and they want to be able to do something with that but something that's that they can make ahead so it's all kind of fast recipes and that's the way the television show and the new book is is, is being is being um, has been published for that you know for people that are busy like myself I cook more now in the last two years than I've ever cooked at home 
and the twins love it. They're two little grubbers, bless them, and they're enjoying their food. You know, and that's lovely for me as a chef. I cook professionally for my customers, but to cook for my family, that's a great gift. And whenever they came around, is that what incited you to start this initiative, the first 1,000 days? Well, to be honest with you now, um, the initiative the first 1,000 days, Denona Baby Nutrition approached me. They said, Imelda Nevin, the twins are one, we'd love you to be ambassadors. And they're the nicest people to work with. I couldn't say enough good about them. I'm in the middle of writing a new cookbook for babies and toddlers, uh, which will be out next year. And I've learned a lot from being an ambassador from the thousand days. Um, and working with your nutritionists, what's good, what's not, do you know what I mean? Low, uh, keep back in the salt and the sugar and different things like that. For me, to cook at home is the greatest gift I can give to the twins. To cook healthy, uh, nourishing food, sure they eat sweets, sure they eat ice cream, but not every day. And they don't, you know what I mean? So it's all about cooking fresh food at home. And uh, I suppose that's very important for me. And that's where I got a lot of inspiration from the first thousand days, the book. It's great. We're very privileged. And we've met some great people on the road. And people only want a little bit of guidance and help. It's the biggest thing that'll happen in their life, creating a new life. And to be able to cook for them and give them the best and know when to do it. Like, I'm not an expert, don't get me wrong. So I'm learning every day. Your reference to salt there made me think about Brian McDermott, <laughs> the no-salt chef, who yes. I believe you're a mentor for. <laughs> Brian, I'm no mentor for Brian McDermott. Brian McDermott is a wonderful chef and a great friend. And I'm so grateful, I'm so ha- happy and proud for his success. He's done an awful lot of good for food in Ireland, in the Northwest. And uh, I, I just love the man to bits. He's a very good guy. And um, he's been a great friend to me. And we work very well together. We do lots of demonstrations. And I suppose he had to cut back and salt chefs are devils for salt we and see butter. some and butter well I'm trying to support the Irish farming industry I just want to get that across there uh, because I love butter and butter in moderation cream in moderation and, in, and that includes salt but we go back to like cooking at home if you buy processed foods you have no control of the amount of salt the amount of sugar and amount maybe of additives that are in not all have additives but a lot of them would have but it's very important that we try to cook at home and that's what I try and do and when I, I don't use um, any salt really in, in the twins food so soon enough they'll get a, a little taster but they're young yet and I think that's very important What would your other food weaknesses be apart from a bit of salt and a lot of butter? <laughs> I'd love ice cream I do I love ice cream nice ice cream I have a bit of a sweet tooth <clears throat> and when I go out for dinner I just love a nice dessert I must say whether it's a creme brulee or a sticky toffee pudding you know and it's trying to suppose in my life I try and go to the gym like I went to the gym this morning to exercise and to enjoy your food I think the two go hand in hand <laughs> as Ab- much as possible absolutely. after a sticky toffee pudding I know, yeah. so you've the new book the yeah. TV series will that be on before Christmas no well there will actually there will be sorry there will be one um, Christmas special which I'm looking forward to we haven't recorded yet only in about two weeks time we'll record it and the new series will be on in January but my current series is on an American PBS, which is a huge break. And a huge break for me, but a huge break for showcasing the great produce we have in Ireland. We have wonderful people in food, whether it's chefs or producers or, you know, people cooking every day, you know. And it's not all about chefs, it's people that enjoy cooking at home. So it's great to showcase that in America. You wouldn't believe the reaction I've got from my TV show. It's on now for the next three years, and it's been shown over 50,000 times in America. The numbers and the stats are incredible. And I'm very proud of that. I'm enjoying it. And the feedback is good. That say, wow, we want to come to Ireland, the great food. The people are wonderful. The scenery is lovely. We can't guarantee the weather, but I think we can guarantee good food. And what about um, cookery demonstrations between now and Christmas? Is your diary full of a few yeah, of those? Yeah, it is. But I've cut back. Like I was doing two a week like this time last year. Now I'm doing two a month because of cookery school. 
you know, has, um, has kept me at home in a nice way. I don't mean that to be anyway. The cookery school is one day, two day and half day courses. And I've done a couple of lovely classes uh, during the year where I had parents and kids cooking. And I love that. And I got a great buzz from that. And that made me realise I'm going to do more of that next year. It's a great gift and a great bond getting parents and kids cooking together. The most popular course is the full day class for adults or, or, or young teenagers, whatever. It's for entertaining family and friends or cooking for family and friends. They're my two most, because more people are cooking at home now and they want to entertain. So I'm really enjoying it. The demos are still wonderful and I enjoy going around and, and, and having stands with local producers. That's great. That's a great thing. You get a great buzz in front of an audience with maybe three, four, five hundred people and then you can showcase the local food and I can use it on my menus. But I always think of what can people make at home? We want to do something simple. I'm not going to go and cook restaurant food. I'm going to cook down to earth, basic food, and they'll go home and say, I'm going to make that. I'm going to enjoy that and cook it. Well, if you had to pick three Irish producers, what three would they be? Oh, wow. That's, you've really put me on the spot. There's so many. Well, I'll tell you a few, a few producers who have been very supportive to me, and I've went and I've saw, you know, what they do. Flavins. We porridge nearly every morning. In my house, I make porridge for the twins. I don't put any whiskey or cream, I promise you that. <laughs> and, um, yeah, Flavins are a wonderful uh, company, and they've been there for years, so they have. Ballymaloo. Ballymaloo Relish. They're very supportive to me in America. They have a wonderful product. I saw the whole process being made two years ago, but I didn't get the recipe, unfortunately. So that would be another one. And then I suppose to the whole farmers out there, to the great meat, to the great uh, dairy, or cream butter and milk. I'm generalising things because I don't want to kind of like go in, go, go in one corner. But I think they're doing a fabulous job. And the farming community have helped this economy so much. We've had a really tough few years, but the whole farming community has bought this country, I think, definitely out of recession. Food is the thing, food is the future, and I'm just proud to be part of it. Nevin, it's been lovely talking to you. Oh, Thanks thank you, very much Sharon. for taking thank the time. You. And if you need any uh, anybody Help. else for that TV programme, any are you personalities, a I'm available. Just a taste of food? Yep. Lovely, we'd love to have you. Thanks a million. You're listening to The Best Possible Taste on West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to the best possible taste on West Limerick 102FM. I'm Sharon Noonan and just before the break you heard my interview with the lovely Nevin Maguire when I was in Dingle for the Blossom Erin Awards and the fantastic food festival that takes place there every October. It was an absolute pleasure talking to him, a pure gentleman, and he gave me a copy of his new book, Fast, which is jam-packed with amazing recipes, and I've loaned it, emphasis on the loan word, to my sister-in-law, Siobhan Noonan, who's going to come into the studio next week, all being well, to review it for us. And uh, Siobhan has actually been lucky enough to visit and stay and dine in Nevin's McNean House in County Cavan. So I'll be asking her how she got on there whenever she's in the studio with me. Back to tonight, though. And as I said there, the Dingle Food Festival is a fantastic affair altogether and very much supported by the who's who in the culinary world. Another food event that has a great reputation is Savour Kilkenny, which is on this weekend. And I spoke to Marion Flannery to find out more about it. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Marion Flannery, Festival Manager of Saver Kilkenny, thanks for talking to me this evening. The 24th to the 27th of October, four jam-packed days. Absolutely, Sharon. Saver Kilkenny is in its eighth year this year and 
as you can see from the programme of activities that we've got, we've, uh, we've grown year on year and this is our biggest year so far with an absolutely huge amount of things happening over the weekend. And you have some very dramatic things happening, some very stylish, glamorous events taking place this year. We have indeed. I suppose a lot of those are around our Savour Dining events where um, I suppose we're very lucky in Kilkenny to have so many wonderful hotels, restaurants, cafes, all serving amazing food and some of those get into the spirit of savour and they organise uh, you know, specific events for the weekend. Uh, we have the Great Gatsby Ball actually, or Great Gatsby Dinner in the Lyrath State Hotel, which would be quite stylish. They did uh, something similar last year and it was a fantastic success. So if anybody feels like getting into 1920s gear, they can, they can enjoy that. We obviously our uh, Mount Juliet Estate Hotel and the Lady Helen Restaurant have a wonderful tasting menu and we have a, a little masquerade uh, black and white dinner there with them. And that's happening on Thursday ahead of the weekend, really. So there's a 10-course um, wonderful uh, tasting menu there. Um, there's a Tudor evening in the Kilkenny River Court Hotel again, I suppose looking back to uh, another era and people are going to be met and welcomed by actors in period costume and they'll hear tales from Kilkenny and from medieval Kilkenny in particular. That event is on on the Friday night. I think there are over, you know, to about 22 dining events over the weekend and everybody, you know, there's something there for, for everybody from, uh, you know, seafood for those of you, uh, uh, those people who are, who are around that like seafood. We have an amazing um, uh, menu at Anuk, which is part of Kilkenny Design uh, Shop, if any of you know it. They've recently won a prestigious award, so uh, they'll be serving a seafood tasting menu on the Friday night. And there's lots of jazz and lots of brunches and uh, our new restaurant here in Kilkenny, the Salt Yard, are doing an event um, which is called From Spain to the Salt Yard so, uh, and another one called Flavours of San Sebastian. So lots happening there. Um, on the Monday, actually, just an interesting one called Waste Not, Want Not. Uh, we have uh, Fiona Dillon, who uh, is, has uh, launched her book actually last year at Savour. Fiona are joining uh, with the, the Pembroke and uh, that should be a very interesting um, event talking about food waste and how not to waste food and how best to, to use up the leftovers in an interesting kind of way. And you've lots of other debates on hot food topics taking place like writing about food, what will we be eating this time next year? There's yes. a few interesting topics there. Absolutely, we're very lucky Sharon. Um, I'm sure you're all familiar, your listeners will be familiar with Jim Carroll from the Irish Times and Jim, Jim, Jim has done a lot of banter sessions uh, and this year he's uh, pulling up his banter bandwagon to Kilkenny to have a banter on food uh, during the food festival and the idea is there is that you know we would pick um, kind of unusual topics and we've involved people from, from the industry and we've involved food writers and we've involved restaurateurs and, and business owners and we have four events happening there too on Saturday and two on Sunday, and they'll actually be held in the very beautiful um, National Craft Gallery. And um, in fact, would you believe they're all nearly fully booked at this stage? So we're writing about food on Saturday at 12:30, and another one on Saturday called "What Will Will We Be Eating This Time Next Year?" So that should be very interesting. We've um, we've some journalists and we've some bloggers um, on the panel there, and I, I know the audiences will will get very engaged and get involved in the discussion. Um, and on the Sunday, we have war stories from the kitchen. So that should be quite interesting. On that one, we have the panel there is Blonnet Bergen. Uh, Blonnet is our neighbouring leash woman here who uh, runs a restaurant advisory business and training school. And Denise McBride from Pichet Restaurant and 
a selection of other uh, restaurant owners and chefs from, from Kilkenny and beyond. And the final one in the banter sessions is on Sunday afternoon and it's called What is on Your Plate? So I suppose as we're all becoming a bit more conscious of, you know, food miles and provenance and health, um, you know, there is a question around what exactly are we eating? And uh, we have a number of journalists and panellists there to discuss that. So um, the banter and food is a new a new event for Savour and we're very excited about it and we're we're delighted that Jim has agreed to come on his busy bank holiday weekend and join us to, to coordinate all of that. So, um, you know, there are other <clears throat> talks and walks and exhibitions as well happening uh, through, throughout the weekend, but the banter sessions are a particularly interesting one. One of the events that caught my eye was Can the Critics Cook? Tell us about that. Oh, Can the Critics Cook, Sharon? That is the question. Um, I suppose every year at Savour, uh, we, we run a whole series of cookery demonstrations. And um, about two years ago, we decided to sort of um, have a demonstrations or, a, you know, a little bit of cooking with a difference. And we are delighted that this event is happening and everybody is really looking forward to it. And um, it, it is it's certainly going to be one of the highlights. We we have John Healy from Ortiz, the restaurant. I'm sure your, your listeners are all familiar with John. And John has, uh, you know, some Kilkenny roots. His, uh, his parents are both from Kilkenny. And uh, John lived here till he was eight. And he's still, as he said to me yesterday, he has stripes on his back. So... He um, has been very kind and has agreed to come down and he's going to emcee the event Can the Critics Cook. So again, there'll be a mystery bag of ingredients and we'll have um, some discerning judges, uh, some local people, uh, people obviously from the food industry who will be uh, watching on to see how the critics do. So that should be a very um, interesting and fun event. Do we know who these critics are? Would or is you that believe I'm dying to find out, Sharon? I still haven't been told. <laughs> and of course, a food festival would not be a food festival without cookery demonstrations. And you have quite a few of those going on that are free of charge. We have indeed. And we have a very special event this year. And I think everybody throughout the country, you know, knows the fantastic work that um, Special Olympics Ireland undertakes and uh, we're very lucky that we have three uh, of Ireland's cookery schools who have um, agreed to participate and do um, a cookery demonstration uh, in aid of a Special Olympics. So Special Olympics Ireland will be there. We don't charge for, for the demos. We don't charge into the uh, food festival at all. Um, so we are hoping that people will give very generously at these cookery demonstrations to Special Olympics Ireland and we're delighted that um, your Limerick-based company, Palace Foods, who um, have been working with Savour over the last number of years, uh, have very kindly sponsored us year on year. Um, that is uh, that they're going to be there as well, and the ingredients will be provided by Palace. And we will have Rory O'Connell from Ballymaloo Cookery School. I think everybody, um, you know, loves Rory. He's an amazing, an amazing chef cook and. You know, to, you know, we've had him last year and at another event, and, and it was an instant sellout. So we're delighted Rory has agreed to give his time for this very worthy cause. We have Brian McDermott, uh, who's coming all the way from Donegal, and uh, Brian is the no-salt chef, if any of your listeners have heard of him, and we're, we're very interested to, to see Brian. This is his first visit to Kilkenny, and he'll be on at 1 o'clock, and then it's followed by our neighbour and much-loved Kevin Dundon from Dombrody Cookery School, in Wexford. Um, uh, Kevin has been with the festival uh, for many years now. He's a fantastic supporter of the festival. So that'll be a really good event. It's been emceed by our own um, local celebrity chef, Edward Hayden. 
and um, Special Olympics have three ambassadors that they work with, well, they have many ambassadors, but three have agreed to come to Safer Kilkenny and be part of this event, and they will actually be commie chefs for the three um, the three cookery schools. So we have uh, Brian Cody, who everybody knows, of course, and Mick Galway and Darren O'Neill of boxing fame. So that is going to be a really fantastic event, and that's on on Saturday uh, from 12 noon to 3 o'clock. So um, Rory's on at 12, we have Brian at 1, and Kevin at 2 o'clock. So everybody is very welcome to come along to that. And over the course of the weekend, there is a food market in Parade Plaza, I believe. There certainly is, Sharon. Um, it's, it's, it's just, I don't know, I'm sure you're familiar with Kilkenny and, you know, the whole site of, you know, uh, 80 or so food producers all cooking amazing food and selling amazing food and serving amazing food uh, at the Parade Plaza, which is right in front of Kilkenny Castle with, you know, the, the dramatic backdrop of the castle is just fantastic. So we will have, um, as I say, arts and producers from all over the country bringing all sorts of food here. And um, yeah, the, the market is a very special part of the whole event. And somebody else that's returning is Susan Boyle with her A Wine Goose Chase. Yes, we had Susan. She's wonderful. Susan uh, was here two years ago again, a sellout uh, success. So we decided we, we, we skipped last year, but we had such um, great feedback from Susan's event that we, we had a chat with her and she was willing to come back again this year. So we're really delighted um, that that's happening. And this year it's on. We've actually two dates we have on this they have it on the saturday and on the sunday at 6 p.m in the left bank tickets for that are available from the kilkenny hibernian hotel and um you know i suppose susan said she kilkenny is very close to her heart because it's actually where she first performed um the wine goose chase and um you know she takes us back on a wonderful journey about the wine history um and as you sit back she pours you glasses of wine and uh, takes you on a trip uh, with Irish people who became involved in the wine world. You get to taste about five different wines throughout and she tells you the story um, of, 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 I suppose, the wild geese who left Ireland and went to set up vineyards in, in, in France. And it's, it's a superb show. And I think actually there are still tickets available. So we'd encourage anybody who's thinking of coming to Kilkenny for the weekend to uh, contact uh, the Left Bank and, and secure their tickets. Well, there is absolutely loads of different events there. Something for everybody, young and old. All the details are on savorkilkenny.com, the website, and we wish you all the best with it. Cheers. Chin chin. Salut. Schleiter. Thanks again to Marion from Saver Kilkenny for talking to me on the phone there. And that brings me nicely on to other events coming up this weekend. And because it is a bank holiday weekend, there are quite a few things on. At the start of the month, Helen McDade from Fulge Ireland did highlight a number of events and details of those can be found at discoverireland.ie forward slash food. One such event was the Virginia Pumpkin Festival in County Cavan, which includes the glamorous Pumpkin Ball, hosted by renowned chef Richard Corrigan. And Helen also mentioned the Burren Food Fair, which is on this Saturday, the 26th of October in Lustenvarna. And that's another delicious day in beautiful surroundings tastings, local produce and cookery demonstrations, one of which is by Val O'Connor, who's been in in the studio a couple of times and most recently because she has a book called Bread on the Table. So check that out if you're up in that area or like it's only an hour and a half, so it's not that far away. 
Last week, I told you about the fundraising demo that Mark Doe from Just Cooking is doing this Thursday, the 23rd of October in the Ballon Temple Inn in Newcastle West. Tickets cost €10 and can be bought from Killochdean National School. It's the school's parent council that are organising the event to raise money and that starts this Thursday evening at 8pm sharp. Spicy food has cropped up a few times tonight and if you'd like to get yourself to Hook and Ladder on Sarsfield Street in Limerick this Friday evening where from 6.30 to 8.30pm there's a Curry's, Curry's, Curry's demonstration and you can get more details about that on the hookandladder.ie website. If you have an event, perhaps it's a cookery demo, a food course, product launch or fundraiser that you'd like me to share on the programme, please send the details to me at s.noonan at live.ie and I'd be only too delighted to give them a shout out here on the diary on Best Possible Taste. Bon appétit. Yummy. Grubs up. Delicious. Mmm. Sadly, we're out of time this evening. Thanks so much for your company and if you fancy hearing it all over again, don't forget that the podcast will be up on SoundCloud later on in the week. A special word of thanks to all of tonight's guests, Ron Forrestal, Nevin Maguire, Dee Laffin and Marion Flannery. Next week we have Karen Coakley of Kenmare Foodies to look forward to and fingers crossed Siobhan, the sister-in-law, will be here with her review of Nevin Maguire's new cookbook Fast and she can also tell us about her experience of staying and dining in Nevin's very own McNean House in Black Lion, County Cavan. Until then, have a fantastic week, enjoy the bank holiday weekend and remember, bon appétit. Do you want to get in touch with the best possible taste? Do you want to come on, share a recipe, review a cookery book, or just have a general chat about what you like to eat and drink? All you have to do is get in touch with me, Sharon Noonan, by sending an email to s.noonan at live.ie or send me a tweet at Queen of Org. Bon appétit!